We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nation, what's good? You know yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. and another thing, right here, Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm your guy, Sean Davis at SD2 Mics, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, you gotta drink responsibly and with a minute made as a chaser. Men made as a chaser? <laughs> well, it depends on what you're chasing. Oh, that's true. That's true. The you, chaser. When, when you're chasing that good stuff, <laughs> always comes back in handy. But you know, we drink that good water over here. You know how it goes. Oh, no doubt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. A lot to talk about. So tonight, whatever we forgot to talk about this morning, which is a fantastic show. That's right. You can go right now. It is available. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. We had our big bro or our bro, John Garcia Jr., the greatest recruiting guru in the business. Greatest. The greatest. Talking to us about this day, December the 5th, transfer portal. I've never seen anything like this, man. This this is bananas. You talk about the CFB landscape never being the same. Never. This is D-Day for college football. Like, things will never be the same. We'll talk about that. You have your Heisman finalists. There's someone that left is saying if they win the Heisman, I don't know if I even think this award is real anymore. It's like Steve Nash winning against Kobe. Shouldn't have happened. <laughs> the left has three quarterbacks. And he wants to break down film and talk about it's three, but I really want to. Okay. Really and then want. really get into the right fit for Notre Dame because Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese have to get this right. Yes, it's no Well, You cannot miss on this quarterback in the transfer portal. We will talk about a couple of guys that received offers from Notre Dame thus far in the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball. And then we'll get into your comments and your questions and finish off with a little talk about Deion Sanders to Colorado. We talked about it with John Garcia Jr. just a little bit earlier, but man, this cat Deion, Trey Sanders is on man Twitter asking him if he had, you know, um, you got room for me? <laughs> this is what we're doing. This is crazy. But left, I have to correct something, bro. Earlier today, we were we were rushed on time. And in being rushed on time, bro, you know, show gets sped up to get to the end. We have multiple super chats, and we forgot to get to the super chats. So I just want to show love to the people that hit us with the super chats earlier on today. And um, I want to say thank you to our guy Jason Hewlett and also Charlie White's last belt loop. Thank you for the super chat from earlier. Derek Galloway, thank you for the super chat. He said, just stopping by to show my love. Go Irish. Jason Hewlett had a question. He said, who are you starting at the skill position versus South Carolina? At the skill positions, left. Who do you want at wide receiver and running back? I want all young guys. I want all young guys. I think it's a game where young guys can get their feet wet against a, a formidable team a team we should beat off based off our talent. But, you know, it's not going to be easy, but I think it would be a great game for them to get in there and, and, and show what they can do to get ready for next year because this game don't mean nothing for us. Seriously, 
we're a national championship or bus team. This is a game to get good reps. I think it'd be great for young guys like Tobias Merriweather, yeah. Jabron Payne, um, Steve Angeli get in there and mix it up a little bit. But we know it's the Tyler Buckner show is as his audition tape is going to be much needed in a case where we're looking for transfers and we're looking to see if he can step up to the plate and be our starter next year. So uh, this is a young guys game for me. And I obviously I don't know if it'll happen, but I want all young guys out there versus South Carolina. Which goes to the comment that Jason Hewlett made in this other super chat. Hope Tommy doesn't drop the ball. We didn't see Tobias to midseason because of trust factors. How he gets over that with his new uh, ball hall game breakers. Luck for OC. And then he also asked about a young man that you're interested in as GM Lefty. GM Lefty. GM Lefty. Hashtag GM Lefty. That's going strong on Twitter. He's <laughs> asking about that offensive guard from Alabama that jumped into the portal left. Right. Look, we take it all Bama transfers for sure. He didn't have to get up a sack since he's been there. It just adds to what he still can build around a quarterback that we're looking to be dynamic, especially one that can run a little bit and not have any sacks on your on your resume. You're going to be a hot commodity, especially for Notre Dame, because it shows you got a lot of grit, a lot of toughness. It fits right into what we do at Notre Dame. And also Charlie Weiss, last belt loop. His comment was he thinks that Deion Sanders is going to be a power in recruiting. And it's going to be interesting seeing Colorado going up against Notre Dame for four and five stars in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – I mean, us going against Georgia and Alabama right now for five stars is something to watch for. Uh, we lost him, Pimba. That's okay. I mean, he's going to a fair weather team. You know, you can jump on a bandwagon while it lasts, but we're building our bandwagon right now. In a couple of years, we'll outlast Georgia with the amount of uh, talent – and, and belief we have in Marcus Freeman, he's going to build that thing up, and we're going to be right alongside the greats that go for that championship every year. Lucky Lucky Podcast. So we have our Heisman finalists left. <laughs> from the University of Southern California, Caleb Williams. From TCU, Max Duggan. From the University of Georgia, the Bulldogs, your boy, as you call him, Stetson Benson, better known as Stetson Bennett. <laughs> and from the Ohio State University, as they say. Uh, yeah, yeah I would have actually rather seen Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. I'm going to keep it a buck because he's been the dominant player, not C.J. Stroud, in my opinion. But those quarterbacks are your finalists. I think it's a shame that B. John Robinson did not get the call to New York. But, of course, it's basically – Hooker didn't get the call. That's a shame. Well, I mean, that that the last three games and that injury kind of – Kind of what? He beat Bama. That's a, that's a Heisman. Yeah, he also got blown out by South Carolina. Though. The best Heisman performance was by Hendon Hooker being able to – Take the team with nine seconds I left. Mean, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah. Who had the best Heisman performance? And the hooker. Come on. But whatever. Because what did Max Dugan really do for a Heisman performance? Okay. 
Okay, I'll let the chat answer that one. No, dude, I disagree. I mean, he had a lot of comeback wins, bro. Let's stop that. We already talked about that. They Which had a lot one of the Heisman wins. moment over Hendon Hooker versus Alabama with nine seconds. Dude, he got blown out by South Carolina and Georgia. What are you talking about? Alabama's a better team. And I, we talking about Heisman. In Georgia? Oh. He got blown out by Georgia. Blown out. Everybody's getting blown out by Georgia this year. <laughs> I mean, I don't dispute that. Because CJ, this is an unfortunate thing. CJ gonna get blown out by Georgia, but he's in New York. It's just a matter of timing. He's in New York later. Yeah. Or he's playing Georgia later than New York, but he's getting blown out too. No Jackson and Jigba Smith, no run defense. Come on, man. That's a recipe for disaster. No, I agree with that. CJ Stroud, I agree. I, I don't see how he makes it. Because that offense has been explosive at times, and then at times it's been kind of like mm. they struggled against Maryland late. They struggled against Michigan. I mean, I understand. I understand your feelings on that. Marvin Harrison Jr. was the best player on Ohio State all year. Period. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. Caleb Williams, I think, man, of course, because because it was Notre Dame. That was his Heisman moment. Of course. Of course. Anybody that plays Notre Dame, the reason why CJ's in New York is because of Notre Dame. Because it wasn't any other Heisman moment available all season, and he definitely didn't show up versus Michigan. So how did he get New York? Yeah. If it wasn't for us. Yeah. So shout out to Notre Dame making Heisman winners each and every year. You guys did your thing, but not next year. Who do you think wins? Caleb. Caleb should win. He's the most uh, recognizable player in that top four. He's uh, the most attractive player in that top four from his game perspective. He's the most flashiest. Dugan lost, so you can't give it – there's no undefeated winner in there, this Heisman. And, you know, to be honest, I think Caleb on any of these other teams that are in the playoffs be a champion. So – uh, Got to give it to Caleb. That's a little biased. That's my favorite player in college football right now. Mm -hmm. But on one leg, he's better than Max Dugan. And he's more dynamic than Caleb. And then Stetson Bennett is, is, a, is a, a win by, by committee. So they should give the whole Heisman Award to Georgia. Mm -hmm. That's what he's eating off of. He ain't, you know. You think Blake, I mean, you think Stetson Bennett is matching up talent for talent with any of these guys in the top four? Absolutely not. He's the best quarterback on the best team, which usually makes it for New York. The best quarterback on the, the quarterback on the best team usually makes it. I mean, it is what it but is. Stetson yeah. Bennett on Wake Forest, he's another guy. Yeah. I mean, look. He's probably entering the transfer portal like everybody. I mean, look, 3,400 yards to this point. 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, that ratio is like less than four to one, which is abnormal for most guys that are invited to New York. QBR 86.3. That's pretty lackluster. I mean, he's there because of the team. He's there because and of the team. Undefeated. And he is going for back-to-back -back championships. It's, it's the whole underdog story around him. It's kind of the underdog story around Max Duggan. But Max Duggan, like I said, has led them back from multiple double-digit deficits in the fourth quarter. Tried to man, tried to lead them back again in the Big 12 championship game, only to come up short. So I look, 
I understand, man. And somebody said that trying tries to is trying to make a point that Tennessee didn't get blown out. The score was 27 to 6, dude. The game was over. And Tennessee scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. They got blown out. They got destroyed physically. Period. Kirby Smart called off the dogs and they scored a late touchdown. Like it's they got blown out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, this is one of the most lackluster Heisman finalist lists. I, this is it's a bunch of runner-ups, but the most exciting player is Caleb. He should win it. It shouldn't be a bunch of decisions, but, you know, they, they like to make things close because that's what they do, man. It's college football, man. They're about making that money. I agree, bro. I totally agree. And, I mean, Bijan Robinson, who I thought had a fantastic season behind a young, porous offensive line in Texas, uh, 1,580 yards and 258 carries, 18 touchdowns, six yards a pop. And 200, 250 carries is, is a lot, probably more than anybody else in college football. Let me reiterate, their offensive line was young and not good. Young and not good. Texas is good up front. Very good up front. So, you know, um, you think Caleb wins it, though? I Caleb. think Caleb probably had the biggest moment with that night game against Notre Dame. Out of the field. Yeah, I think Caleb had the most uh rememberable uh rememberable highs and moment of the season. The other everybody else just is a culmination of a season that they had that was really good. Yeah. Caleb probably had the most standout outside of Hendon Hooker, who had the best Heisman moment of the, the guys that are being uh, propped up as the ones that are showing up in New York. Other than that, Caleb had the most rememberable Heisman moments throughout the year. CJ's there on the attrition. Max Dugan's there on emotion. And who's the other guy? Stetson Bennett's there because their team is the best. So Caleb's the only defined Heisman uh, quality player out of the three uh, three others. Yeah. They're all good players, but Caleb definitely, I would choose him over the other four, other three, if it came to an NFL team. Uh, Blake Corm is somebody that I think injury stopped from being in New York. Nobody thinks the running back is going to win it, though. They're not going to give it to No, them. Blake Corm. No, not Drake May. I'm talking about Blake Corm. I know. Michigan. The running back from Michigan, they're not going to give no Heisman to a running no. back. Come on, this is not it's the been a while. You have to be special. This is not Ron Dane of Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. But I'm <laughs> saying he was on before he missed basically two and a half games because of injury. Um, he was on pace. To be around 1700 yards, 1800 yards, and average six yards a pop. He had 18 touchdowns when he got injured against Illinois. He probably would have added on to that in the last regular season game against Ohio State and then in the Big Ten championship. So he probably, and he would have been on an undefeated team. Mm. So he probably would have gotten enough votes to be the fifth person invited. Because it's all about votes. It's not like they have a set number. You have to breed a certain amount of votes and points to get invited. And those were the four that reached the same, those amount of points to get the invitation. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's delve a little bit into these quarterbacks left. Now, it's a deep list. 
a big list. It's growing. Quarterbacks. But we're going to focus on three tonight. Three that you feel kind of fit or can fit what Notre Dame wants to do moving into the future of this program. So uh, I'll start with the one that I think you probably like the least or want the least, and then we'll go to the other two, right? So uh, former Georgia Tech quarterback, now the transfer portal, Jeff Sims. Let's talk about his tape and what you like about the young man. I like what I like the most about um, what I like the most about him is that his ability to stay composed and poised in the pocket. He's not a guy that's looking to run around and make and be technically the playmaker. How Ian Book was, he's going to go through his reads. Was tell me he's going to execute the offense when given the chance and he's going to make the right decisions on, on where the ball goes. And from what Tommy likes to do, this is the better upgrade of a Drew Pine than what other quarterbacks in the, in the, in the draft portal or the transfer portal can present. The thing that he adds is the dynamic athletic ability when in doubt, not using it as his number one talent, He's been able to be under center in the pocket. He can throw the ball past 20 yards. He's already a quarterback that will be more valuable than what we've had at the position so far. It's just a matter of what Tommy is going to use his abilities for. I think he can do everything Drew can and more. And then when things don't go well, he can get out of trouble. A really good prospect to fill in for a win-now position with, I think he only has, uh, what, maybe a year left. I don't think he has as many years as a Hudson card. But his ability to be a plug-and-play guy for a system that's begging for a guy to be dynamic in that position, he fits it. He's accurate. He'll read the progressions. He'll execute the offense. A very stable guy to add pieces around and make him look even better. I think he's the most ready of the three to be able to be plug and play and yeah. a system that's ready to uh, to win a championship. And I think he's a missing piece for that. Um, I love his accuracy. I love his technique. He's got enough experience to handle big games, even though he's come from Georgia Tech. I think with the way we've turned quarterbacks out that shouldn't be there, like a Jack Cohen and Drew Pine, yeah. a quarterback that has the talent to be there and Jeff Sims, I think we can make a lot out of it. And he's very familiar with the ACC schedule and the opponents, which will make for a pretty easy transition. Like he's played everybody that Notre Dame is going to face as an ACC opponent on the schedule next season. Uh, and the time that he did play, he only had 1,100 yards passing, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Look, high upside, athletic, big, strong arm, Played a lot in play action in the Georgia Tech system. And he can push the ball down the field. And with the wide receivers that Notre Dame is looking to bring uh, back and bring in and recruiting. And also, Notre Dame is looking at a wide receiver and a tight end in the portal, according to what we're hearing. So um, a lot of weapons. Whomever they bring in a, wide, a quarterback should have 
his choice when it comes to weapons. But looking forward to this offense, I don't think we'll see a Notre Dame offense that's going to run through the tight end like it's done the last two years. Yeah, I think that was just a specific thing for a guy that they really liked that Michael Mayer wanted to make him one of the best tight ends, and they proved it through the play calling. I think Tommy found the most security in Michael Mayer, which is fine because he was a great dynamic player, and especially for a quarterback that had limited ability uh, to force feed a guy that has ultimate ability. I think it made it easy to call plays, especially when in doubt, give it to 87. And some of these these guys all have the same thing in common, left. They all played behind Porter's offensive lines this year. All three of these guys played play at play behind offensive lines that allowed them to be hit often this year. And the running game really wasn't effective. The only quarterback that really had a strong running game was Hudson, Hudson Card. We'll get to in a second. And it really wasn't about the offensive line. It was just about the ability of Bijan Robinson. Absolutely. I mean, Bijan Robinson helped out that Texas offensive line tremendously with making plays out of nothing. And the quarterback got to make plays off of that. I heard the offensive line at Texas getting paid a good amount of for a salary, and they still not holding up on their end of the bargain. So maybe that, that type of uh, infrastructure should go to Notre Dame, and maybe you see even better results. But either way, all three of these quarterbacks will benefit from our offensive line and what we have on offense, especially uh, the style of offense that we're carrying. And it's just about adding pieces that can plug and play to an offense where Tommy Reese can trust. And I think all three guys are capable, but I think there's uh, one or two that may be the right fit for what we're looking for. Another gentleman that we got talk about, Hudson Carr, back up to Quinn Ewers in the portal from Texas. Reports are there has been some type of contact between Card and Notre Dame. We'll see if he makes a visit to campus in the next week or so to check everything out, meet with Tommy Rees and Marcus Freeman. Hudson Card, right here, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, let's get your thoughts on Hudson Card, the te- former Texas quarterback in the port. Well, I think all three offer something more than what Tyler Bugner can give, which is good for the quarterback room. I like that he's a playmaker, he's dynamic, and he's tall, something that we haven't had in the pocket for a long time. Even probably going back to Deshaun, probably the tallest guy since uh, we've been in the mix. But, you know, what I like about Hudson Card, he's played at a program that's elite. He's played at a program that has high expectations. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a playmaker that has the ability to, with surrounded with the right amount of talent, he can flash for you in moments where, uh, you need the quarterback to make plays. Uh, I don't think he's technically better than, um, than than Sims on a technical level, but I do think his playmaking ability can stand out for offense. And when you talk about fit, Tommy would like a guy that can fit into this role as well, being elusive in some aspect and is not afraid to throw it downfield and give guys chances. And that's one thing that we haven't had in the last two or three years is a guy that's not afraid to give guys chances downfield. If it's a 50-50 ball, like you see from Hudson Card, he's not going to pass up the opportunity when it's called to throw it deep. He's going to find a way to throw it deep. And we have the guys to do it, and then we have tall targets to do it, not guys like Xavier Worthy. It's kind of small. Not tall guys with a lot of range. And I think that's going to add, especially – 
to the personality of what a Hudson Carr can bring as a playmaker that's played at a big school, the biggest of the, of the other two guys. And I think that'll, that'll fit well in terms of the uh, the the psychology to it all, of what it takes to be a big-time Notre Dame quarterback. I think it'd be the easiest transition of the three, but I also think he's a gunslinger enough with the pieces that we have to offer more than what we've had before, but also give us a chance to get in that playoff contention and where defenses are going to have to worry about what he can do with his feet as well as what he can do off schedule. And that's something that we haven't had that I think it would add a lot of benefit to our receiving core, but also that running game to get guys' uh, eyes focused on more than just when we turn around and hand the ball. Just over three and a half games, close to 800 yards through the air, six touchdowns, one interception. Like you said, he doesn't turn the ball over. And when you saw him running and escaping, he was doing that on a bum ankle. He's a tough son of a gun. That was evident when he came in and injured his ankle against Alabama and toughed it out, gave them the lead. Fourth quarter, Alabama was able to come back and win that game. And then he continued when he played against UTSA, played against West Virginia, and played against Texas Tech. He just produced, fought through the pain, and was able to produce even though he was injured. That stood out the most for me for this young man. He is a tough son of a gun, and he's a leader. And honestly, when Quinn Ewers came back, he was the golden child, but I really think the offense was more efficient when Hudson Carr was at the helm. That's right. That's right. I think it's just experience. You know, all three of these guys have experience, something that, you know, we've had before, but not on this level to where not that you've been sitting on the, the roster, but you've had game experience in big games. Hudson Carr played against Alabama. Hudson Carr has played in some big games throughout the Big 12, especially the schedule that Texas has had. Playing at Texas is huge. I think it's a great fit from a, um, uh, a mental standpoint of being able to step into that role and not feel like it's overwhelming. I agree with that, man. But here is the guy that we kind of anticipated this might happen, but oh, GM Lefty, when he saw this name jump in the portal, his antennas went up and he immediately said, yeah, I'm putting my card in. This is the guy you need to go get. And he started to turn the corner. Notre Dame's won't like this, but it seemed like he started to turn the corner as a passer in the Fiesta Bowl last year in that second half. Notre Dame fans know how he can make plays with his feet. The pain he gave them on that New Year's Day, and we're talking about none other than the former Oklahoma State signal caller in the pig thrower, Spencer Sanders. The best thing I like about Spencer Sanders is that he plays fast and he adds a different uniqueness to the offense to where he's a one-year guy, a lot to prove, similar to a Jack Cohn arc, but different because he's been the starter. He knows what it's like to win big games. He knows what it's like to score points. A guy that's been in games where they score 40, 50, 45, 42. He's been in games where he's no – when it comes down to offense and they got to win the game, he's going to score some points to win the game. He may not be the most technically perfect quarterback of the three, but he's a quarterback that knows how to score and knows how to win. He's a veteran. He's one of the oldest guys out of the three. And I like the fact that 
he's going to change that room day one and change that offense day one and make Tommy, you know, be creative with his play calls. But we know one thing, when it breaks down, he's going to be the most dynamic of the three, the one I can trust the most in, in, in terms of going into a big game. Who do we have versus who do they have? And I like Spencer 90% of the time especially a guy that all he needs is just some good talent around and he's going to take the chances needed to win the big games. Is he perfect? No, but he's got a lot of talent and a lot of things that he does that we've never had. Well, I'm not going to say never, but we haven't had in the past five years since being a championship team. He's an upgrade of what Ian was, an upgrade of what Mac, uh, I mean, of what uh, True Pine was and even Tyler. I think Tyler can also learn from a guy that's a one-year guy like Spencer Sanders to be able to, to understand how to be a dynamic quarterback at this level where Tyler, I think, was flailing at times, deciding whether is he a running back, is he going to run to get these first down yards, or he's going to be smart and slide or maybe take a different route and understanding that there's another play after this that he can be able to be successful on. I think Spencer Sanders will be the best a uh, teacher for Tyler Buckner in that room to give us a good chance of bridging the next year with this year yeah. and also, um, you know, helping Tyler Buckner a lot. And I think they'll have more in common than the other two quarterbacks in that room, but also uh, give them a chance to give some good competition. It's going to be hard to stop a dynamic player like that. It's going to help our defense offseason, prepare for guys that are dynamic in the run and pass game. And I think Spencer Sanders is the best fit for what Notre Dame needs right now. And hopefully Tommy can pull his head out of his butt and really make a decision that can change uh, the course of what that quarterback room looks like moving forward. You know, when I saw your tweet, I was like, uh, uh, playmaker, you know, he was having a great season early on. Like people need to really tap into how he's playing. He played injured, I want to say, the last game and a half. He got injured in that TCU game. By the way, that TCU matchup between him and Max Duggan, that was some top-notch quality quarterback play in that game until Spencer Sanders got hurt in that game. And then the next game, he started his product, saw his production and the mistakes start to come into play as he started to kind of go back to what we saw in the previous season with turnovers. He ended up 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Most most of those interceptions came late before he kind of like shut it down. But he was at like 2,600 yards, like on a 320 clip per game or something like that. It was like ridiculous. He was playing fantastic. And this was no running game. And that Oklahoma State defense was nowhere near as good as it was last year. So he went from playing complimentary football to having to rev it up and be the reason that Oklahoma State won games. And I don't think he's good in that position. I think that's when you saw most of the turnovers from him this year. Notre Dame, coming into Notre Dame, most quarterbacks are going to get better because they're at Notre Dame. We saw Jack Cohn. Like, look, Jack Cohn got benched in favor of Graham Mertz. Like, there's no if, ands, or buts about that. And when Jack Cohn was mentioned or signed on to come to Notre Dame, nobody was jumping up and down saying Jack Cohn is about to throw for almost 4,000 yards. Nobody was saying that. People were wondering, man, why? Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody 
it was more a surprise. It looked like Absolutely. we just filled a hole instead of trying to change something into yeah. getting it into uh, a prominent role. And I think, you know, that's the safest thing you could have did was bring a Jack Cone in, but it just shows yeah. that as a Notre Dame program, we make quarterbacks better. It's time for a quarterback to make us better. And I think that's what we need to go after in this portal draft. Yeah. So those are three guys you really wanted to jump into and uh, talk about. Uh, there's some other guys that this is what I really want to get into. Because there are some guys that might jump in in the quarterback position um, after the bowl game, the Pratt kid from Tulane. They're going to an NY6 bowl, so he might wait until after that. Devin Leary jumped in. Look, we already have injured quarterbacks. I don't need another one. I just don't. Don't need another one. We already have a room of quarterbacks that get hurt. I'll pass on that. Yeah, let's just strictly, strictly from the injury concern, right? Um, hey, Spencer Sanders has injury concerns. Yeah, he's he gets nicked up. Yeah, but you know, you're dealing with an offensive line that's gonna give you protection. I don't think any quarterback, if we're not putting him in harm's way, will be worried about you know staying healthy in our offense. I think Tyler Buckner just is just the wrong place, wrong time. But a guy like Spencer Sanders, understanding with experience, mm-hmm. he needs to be healthy. He'll be able to stay healthy by the offensive line is only getting better. Yeah. And pieces on the outside that's only getting better. And with young guys that they can learn from Spencer, especially on different things that a young guy couldn't teach those young guys coming in, like a Jordan Greyhouse and a Braylon James, to be able to get ready, take that next step. I think Spencer's the greatest bridge that we can have from collecting the young guys with the guys that are there now and still being ready to win a championship. I'll, I'll keep it a buck, too. I don't need Tyler to play next year. If I get a quarterback that I know is better than everybody to come in and get Notre Dame to the college football playoff, get to 11 wins, play him. Red shirt, Tyler. And then he battles it out with Minchie. The next year. And if he wants to leave, so be it. Because guess what? You got CJ Carr coming in the next year. And Steve Angeli is still there. So you'll have a backup with experience. Like swing big right now. Don't settle. Go big. Heck, if you want to call Drake May, call him. <laughs> call I mean, him. We, it's potency. Calling transfers, guys that are starting now, it don't matter. We calling them all. Call them. Swing big. You know what I'm saying? Swing big, yo. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And no, Tyler's not red-shirted quite yet. That's up to him. He's playing in a bowl game. He doesn't have to take the red shirt. Yeah, I think Tyler should be doing everything he can to try to position himself uh, to be able to be the man on campus. Yeah, I think There's a lot of factors and things floating around that position that somebody needs to, to take two hands and, and get a hold of it. Yeah, And I think for him, it's a good position because he's been there. He knows what's going on. He needs to be able to stay healthy so he can take advantage of that. But if not, we definitely got guys that, 
are available in the transfer portal that'll push the room, that'll make them better. Uh, but, you know, I think Tyler's more in control of his uh, position than most other guys that are out there. Yeah, He still needs to be able to put himself in position to stay healthy so he can be the guy that these coaches staff is, is literally telling guys to leave for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, telling Drew, like, look, you might as well go ahead and jump in that portal, man. Yeah, yeah. Like Tyler gets the extra year because of um, – I, if I'm not mistaken, I wonder, are the high school guys that didn't play because of COVID, I think they're wrapped up in that COVID rule as well, if I'm not mistaken. I hope he gets another year. High school seniors that were impacted also – Look, play as long as you can. Play as long as you can. Look, Kenny Hooker's my age, still playing at Tennessee. So it just shows Max Mac Dugan is my age, playing at TCU. So you know, as long as you can keep applying for years to play, go ahead. You only get better with time. (laughs) All, dude. All I'm saying is, I don't want to go in with a inexperienced quarterback as the starter next year. I just don't. And all three of the guys that you just broke down have experience. Yes. They play. Right? So Not packages. No. They, they ain't play Yeah. They play games. Yeah. They got multiple. So that's just oh. a step up right there. And they're not no backup, a.k.a. Chuck Cone. And, look, I said it earlier. If Tyler Buckner locks in, no one is saying that he doesn't have the physical tools to be a good quarterback. You got to lock in, man. The nuances of the position. Do your film work. Go the extra mile. Don't throw picks, don't hitch routes to, to Sunbelt cornerbacks. You are crazy, dude. <laughs> Get rid of that part of your game. I told you all week they had decent defensive backs, bro. Man, listen, how they were the worst in the Sun Belt at the end of the year or something like that. Man, I've seen some great players on terrible teams. <laughs> I've seen some really good players on terrible teams, bro. Well, we ain't doing our are job. You me? You telling me, wait a minute, are you telling me the 2016 Notre Dame team didn't have good players? Nope, not that year. They wasn't the players they became. <laughs> They were not the players they became, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so guys like Devin Leary, Keaton Slovis, like they don't keep them. They keep don't them. You. keep them in the transfer port. Dude. Send them to uh Northwestern and you know Utah State. Send them over there. You're being real disrespectful right now. I'm being disrespectful. How many schools you gonna go to? How many schools you gonna go to, Keaton Slovis? Well, oh man, it is amazing that um, we are at this point, <laughs> you know. And before Kenny Minchie was added to the um, twenty-three class, there was a chance that Notre Dame was going to be aggressive and go get two quarterbacks. Which should tell you something. <laughs> that is 
I should tell you something. We already put the Craigslist uh, quarterback wanted sign out there (laughs) on Craigslist saying, hey, help wanted. (laughs) Help wanted at a five-star establishment. So we're looking for that Agent Zero, that 007, Mm -hmm. to come in there and really make an impact. I'm tired of watching these mediocre guys make us making us making them look better. It's time for us to have a de facto number one Bryce Young type of pick that 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 the, the fan base deserves. Let's just yeah. be honest. The fan base deserves to cut on that TV on Saturday and feel good about that quarterback and not feel like the quarterback is going to be the difference in the game on the win loss side. Right. So I think for us, we've seen that we can show great defense. Great defense, and it keeps us in every game. But it's time for us to be dominant in every game with a quarterback at that position. Yeah, no longer can we can't. No longer can we be the program that's scared to talk to the prettiest girl in school and shoot our shot. No, like, dude, shoot your shot. If they say no, fine, but shoot your shot. Get in the game. That's what. That's what Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman have done in the recruiting ranks. Yo, you have to shoot your shot at these five stars. You can't sit back and use Notre Dame as an excuse not to say anything and then just say, okay, we're going to be 10th in the nation in recruiting and we're not worried about those kids because those kids don't want to come to Notre Dame. Okay, they might not want to come to Notre Dame. They don't want to come. But at least, at least show you got some game. And shoot your shot. What's the worst you gonna what's the, what's the worst they're gonna say? The worst they can ask you is what's up with your NIL. That's the worst they can ask you. They might actually like you. Exactly. You never know. You never know. Lucky Lucky Podcast. We're available right now. All my great content, along with our brother John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lucky Lucky Podcast on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Every time we go live, you'll be notified. Hit that like button and let us know. And comment because we respond to all of our comments after shows. Follow us at Lucky Lucky Pod on Twitter and Instagram. SD2Mikes on Twitter and Instagram. Lucky Lucky 8. And Malik Zaire eight, no overtime Malik. I'm bugging. Overtime on Instagram, Malik Zaire eight on Twitter. My fault, left. You already know it's the lucky right. lefty podcast. We spin it different. We have a bunch of super chats that we're gonna get to. Let's get to those right now before we go over here. Go ahead and talk about Deion Sanders. Uh, I got Apollo 27. Thank you for the super chat, fellas, with KM, Kenny Menchie coming in. Tyler Buckner being healthy. You think a a portal quarterback should come in to start or compete for a spot? And, yes, Malik for GM, go Irish. That's right. Me for GM because I promise you I'll get y'all in that championship because I got that eye. I got that eye. I'm sorry, not the right eye, the left eye. (laughs) That film, and I know which ones is going to be special for the program. But 100% we bring a guy in to start. Enough of this competing stuff because at the end of the day, we need guys that the offensive coordinator can feel confident in 
from the spring and moving forward. I think it develops schemes and game plans that not everybody's the same, even if, you know, they try to give you that that uh, facade that, oh, if a guy gets hurt, we can run the same things. No, you can't. And definitely not last year with Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. The offense had to look totally different from guy to guy. But now with a dynamic piece in that transfer portal, a Spencer Sanders, a Hudson card, mixed with a Tyler Buckner, you're getting a little bit of the same, but there's one that's going to be better than the other, and that's what we need to roll with. Yep. We thank you, Paulo. Our guy, Truman Theodore Dumel. Thank you for the super chat, brother. I see you in your Jets jersey. Loving the way you guys are playing. I finally brought it out because that thing caused a collecting dust for it. <laughs> Can we get a bridge quarterback from the transfer portal? I still have faith in Tyler, but CJ and Minchie are a nice problem. P.S. Should Pine join Prime? Pine in Colorado? I wouldn't even wish that on that young man. Yeah, Pine should go to a nice Yukon. Maybe if he's if he's thinking uh, he's thinking smart, go to an Arizona State. You can get three years in, get past the sanctions, be the savior at Arizona State, and you'll have fun, Drew Pine. Don't go nowhere thinking you're gonna be serious and be competing for no championship. You're just wasting time. Build your backup film for the NFL. Make sure you get your Chase Daniels route. I'm telling you, I can I can agent your way to the league, Drew Pond. Just stay out the way of serious competition when it comes to championships. Even though you serviced well at Notre Dame, it's just time to move to the side and mm -hmm. let the real guys come in. I got Matt 2011 GT. Where you been, Matt? He's always tapping in. Truth. Tyler is our solid backup. Carr and Minchie are the starters. I mean, that that is the competition that we want. That's what we want to see, right? In that room, we I want Kenny Minchie to come in expecting to play and pushing everybody in the room. Like he gets there in January, he should have that attitude. Yeah, I think Kenny Mitchie definitely needs to be um, threatening that starting position the whole time, mm -hmm. but also using it to get ready to, to be able to jump in that role if something happens or that next year after yeah. to be ready to take that torch. I think he's got the size. He's got the touch. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, knowing that offense and being productive and executing against big teams. Notre Dame is playing big teams every year. And it's something that it takes a while to be able to get accustomed to, to be able to prepare yourself each and every week. Now, if I was a quarterback coach, which I should be, I can get you there faster. But, you know, Tommy just doing his thing, and hopefully he can figure it out for next year. I got Brian Chesnick. Also, shout out. Wait a minute. Let me get the first part. Uh, first part, thank you for the super chat, Brian. I want to see Drew at UConn, UConn. Played a lot better as a program this year. Give me that Kent State receiver. Western Michigan defensive line. You're talking about Cephas. Western Michigan defensive line that was offered by Notre Dame over the weekend after his visit. Visit And Coach McCullough's son, who is a dude, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. I'm interested in him. A transfer out of Indiana. Uh, Part-time guy. I think he had five and a half sacks on the season. To have him and his speed coming off the edge would be nice. And a dude at quarterback. Don't care who. Man, you don't care who the quarterback is? Uh, I kind of care. But 
I don't want Keaton Slovis. And then he says, also, shout out Will C. That man has been grinding. Will C. does work a lot. And shout out to you, Will C. Continue to fight, man. Stay strong. Continue your sobriety. We support you here. The Lucky Lefty Podcast and LL Nation. Matt, 2011 GT also says, Tyler's film is loaded with runs, man. <laughs> well, unfortunately... That's that's what it's been with him, right? But I think behind this offensive line in the bowl game, you'll see Tyler used differently. Unless Tom is to run five times in a row. <laughs> right. So I think it's I think it's important for Tyler to get a groove, to find his talents and exploit them by using them in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't his best talent is running the football. I don't think that. I don't think so. I think he's a great quarterback to run play action, a great quarterback on third down to push the ball down the field. I do not think he's a running quarterback because any running quarterback that's great stays healthy. Okay. Milton, Milton fan, 15. Thank you for the super chat. Malik, your thoughts on Tommy Reese developing quarterbacks? <sighs> Um, I think with the class that he has coming in, it's his last chance for me. <laughs> That's fair. The class that he's had before, trash. And we can stand on that because ain't no way in the world you go eight and two and get asked to leave the next year. That means you had trash at talent at that position and you need to do better recruiting. And that's a signal that, hey, this ain't good enough. We made it work, but damn it, get something better in there. And I think that's just the epitome of what Marcus Freeman wants from that position. Do better. We don't want guys that get by. We want guys that do better, guys that lead the team, guys that we got on ESPN every week because they don't know if he's going to Heisman or going to the league. That's what we need, first-round guys, not guys that you're using as, as cogs in the system to just execute your ego. And that's a lot of what we've seen the last couple of years, guys, executing your ego. And even with that, that's not good enough because they ain't winning enough games and they're scoring enough points. So for us to get a guy that can be dynamic enough to be the reason why guys come, reason why fans come to the game. Mm. Fans come to the Alabama game because of Bryce Young. They want to see what he going to do. Fans ain't coming to the game to see Drew Pond. They coming to see the run game, the defense, the tradition. Give me a guy that I'm coming to see the game for. I'm taking a flight, spending my family's money to buy hotels and, and rental cars and hotel rooms and tickets to the game to see the quarterback. That's what we want to see at Notre Dame in the next in the future, and that's what Marcus Freeman is setting up. CJ Carr, Kenny Minchie, and this transfer quarterback are worth buying flights for. Give me a guy to be reason why to buy flights for. I didn't come to Notre Dame in the spring to see the quarterbacks play. I came to see the program. Give me a reason to come fly from L.A. to see the quarterback play because he's a reason why we're going to win the game. That's what I think needs to be a change at quarterback at that position, and Tommy's the only one that can make it happen once we get the guys in the room. Well, Matt, 2011 GT added to his – he said he was referring to Tyler's high school tape. His high school tape and his college tape are, are the same. Yeah, it's just the same. It's just, you know, you just routine stuff. 
stuff that you you know you can call that he can run in high school and college, yeah. but it's not enough to hold that championship trophy over your head. Uh, let's see. What do you do with Steve and Jeff? Well, according to Marcus Freeman, who spoke to the media uh, yesterday evening, Tyler Buckner and Steve and Jelly are in a competition for the bowl game. So Steve and Jelly has this opportunity. Yeah, you will get a chance. Who he is and what he can do. And we'll see who rolls out that first series against South Carolina. I think they'll both play. And this is just, like I said, an audition tape for who's going to be the backup next year or even be the guy that's going to push the guy to be the starter next year. But I think that transfer is going to be the person that needs to start to transition in the bridge and to build that room to be ready to develop those guys coming in and as well as in the room now to be ready to take the program to the next level. I don't think we'll need a transfer after next year, provided we do it right this year. Yeah, uh, you know, and for the most part, I think Marcus Freeman has made everyone feel like Tyler is going to play. Like, he's going to play. Like, yeah, Tyler going to play. He's going to play. Like, he's Drew, been Drew, hit the, Drew hit the transfer portal too fast. For Tyler not to be. Tyler not to be in the they're game. They're not going into the game with Steve Angeli being the only quarterback. I don't even think they would have been as transparent with Drew Pine. Which yeah, they wouldn't even have had that conversation with Drew no. if Tyler wasn't healthy. Yeah. He, but like I said, he had been practicing since right after the Clemson game, bro. Right? He was out on the field against USC in warm-ups, Pat throwing the ball, completely healed. So if you are clear to practice, you know, you got to hold another month before the next game. More than likely, you know, unless his bones just halt in healing and growth, he'll be ready to play. Uh, Corey Roof, thanks for the super chat. I may have missed it, but give me DJ. Uh, Hell no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be frustrated the whole year dealing with that. Look, DJ is going to be DJ in his conference in the Pac-12. Go back home with your brother. Go to UCLA. Make it a good story. But we don't want you in South Bend. Yo, him at UCLA in that offense would, would probably It'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be a dope story. Yeah, that would be a dope story. Hell yeah. It will be yeah. nice. We don't want you in South Bend. Absolutely. <laughs> don't waste our time. And we won't waste uh, coffees for closers. Yo, my wife would love that name, bro. Coffees for closers. Thank you for your super chat. Who's your favorite to be the first one to win a chip in D1 football? Freeman, Prime, Babers, Tucker, or Franklin? Freeman. He had a better school. Yeah. Prime ain't, Prime ain't winning on national championship in Colorado. No, but he'll 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 win some games and, and build the hype for sure. But, well, he'll win games, turn the program around, and then get the big job off of that. That's right. It's just Dino, Dino Babers saved his career this year, so I'm happy for Dino. Because he was on the way out, saved his career. Mel Tucker, 
and Franklin. Franklin is like in in neutral. The Penn State programs is a nine ten win program. I mean, look, they're in the Rose Bowl, right? I believe. Yeah. I mean Utah. So that's that's peak for them. That's right. Dino Baby's doing a good job, especially the fact that um, you know, everybody didn't expect them to be as uh they didn't expect for them to be as useful, you know, as 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 he's become at that position. I think they were looking to try to transition to a different coach. He's proved that they he can stay around and really be an impact. And shout out Dino Babers, man. It's not easy coaching a football team at Syracuse, a basketball school. Yeah. Well, I get that, dude. So speaking of crime, he's a new coach. Colorado. Um, one news broke, was rumored. I heard from a couple of my guys that I know over HBCU game day. Uh, they had told me last night that part of the deal was that Colorado had approved that in Prime coming to be the head coach, that they would take part in finishing up Deion Sanders' vision as far as building and improving the facilities that he promised when he got there. And so Colorado has agreed to that. I believe he uh, gave half a uh, portion of his salary to those efforts as well, according to reports, to make sure the vision that he said he was going to complete before he left ends up. I mean, well, hell, according to the AD, they ain't got enough money to pay him. So he oh, might. He said he, he said he was going to find it, though. He said he was going to find it. He said he was going to find it. I, might, I, wish, I wish Jack Swarbrick would say, look, I'm going to find the money. I'm going to find the money to get Keon Keeley back in the class. I'm going to find the money to make sure Peyton Bourne is in the class. And hey, he might, he might have to call Russell Wilson and give up some of his salary for all the trash he's been putting out there in Denver to send over to Prime and help that program for the state of Colorado. No, what if the Colorado Buffaloes become more popular than the Broncos? They will be. They only scoring eight points a game, if that. Russell Wilson ain't got two. I don't know, man. He ain't got his money and really <gasps> passed on the honor. Oh man, it should be interesting. A lot of backlash. You know, some people felt like that Prime was a little bit too harsh when he met with the team and his comments. You know, what do you think about that, Left? Because you and I have been laughing at some of these comments that people have been making about Deion Sanders and calling him an opportunist and all of that stuff. I understand being hurt. But it's like, relax. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what's so crazy is that, uh, you know, it's just something that they're giving attention to because it's prime. Not because they care about the coaching situation, because this is just a regular basic coaching move. If it wasn't prime, or Coach Sanders, if it was anybody else going from Jackson State to Colorado, we'll be celebrating the success that he even got the attention yeah. of the Power Five to be able to, to for the Power Five to trust a HBCU coach. 
to make that jump. That's probably the first time in history the Power Five has went to the HBCU uh, and 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 got a, a, a head coach from there to lead their football team. And so I think at the end of the day, you know, they always going to find a reason to be upset with something. But at the end of the day, anybody would have made that choice because 300000 a year compared to $7 million, I'm taking $7 million. And anybody here in this, this podcast will probably do the same. So keep all the extracurricular to yourself. But what he brought to that program for those three years was more than they ever got in that program. So if anything, it sets an inspiration for the next coach to come in there and do the same, like uh, Ray Lewis, who I know probably wants to coach uh, at that level, be a great starting point. You see Eddie George at TSU. You ain't getting no reports over there at TSU what Eddie George is doing because Prime's a better coach. What do you do? The better coach is going to get the more attention. And like Prime said in interviews before, he's entertaining. He's entertaining the call. Yes. I would too. Because nobody wants to stay in the same position forever. And like he said, you either eat or be eaten as a college football coach. They're not waiting or feeling sympathy for anybody at that level. You either win or you don't. And I think it's fair that he's won at the at Jackson State and he's got a chance to elevate with more money and better and better uh competition and better resources and better uh media coverage, everything included. I think HBCUs is a bigger um a bigger issue from funding, and it ain't Prime's fault. So if they want to make HBCU league play better, fund it better. It ain't got nothing to do with the individual, and I think the individual being good in that space highlighted the deficiencies of that league and what it needs to be better, and you can't put it all on one person. But the ADs at those HBCUs need to be as aggressive and creative as the AD at Jackson State was when he went and got Prime. And he invested in the program. And once Prime got there, you saw all of the other investors that wanted to come and be a part of what he was doing. That's the model. And like he said, I showed you the blueprint. Or as my grandfather said, I'm not about to fish for you the rest of my life. I'll teach you how to fish for yourself. That's right. That's right. in the HBCU programs, how to fish over the last two years, how to bring attention to their programs, and how to get four- and five-star kids interested in their programs. And and if they refuse to evolve and adjust, then they'll get left behind, and that's on them. I mean, and then you got to think, like, it's not only the football program suffering, it's that campus that's suffering, too. You talk about Spelman and all these great schools that are HBCUs, the, the student life is trash. Man, student life don't have no air conditioning, student life is is hurting in resources and facilities. So, you know, it's bigger than the football program for HBCUs, ain't enough funding going into it. So it's not just a football thing. Y'all just excited that the football thing was popping because a guy went in there and made a difference. Damn it, he made a difference in there, and then y'all don't want it to go away, but y'all don't want to fund the difference Look, either. The money, he brought, wanna... the money he brought to the economy, the money he brought to the school. It's just it's ridiculous. And I understand you're upset because all of that it's kind of like LeBron when he left Cleveland. You know, all of that stuff is about to go away. It doesn't have to go away. They don't gotta go away. Now look, look at the Cleveland Cavaliers now. They're back. 
And they were able to get LeBron back and win the championship. Like, you don't have to let it go. You have the blueprint. Do something about it. Put in some work. Make it happen. But as far as Dion, he's in Boulder now. And his son is with him. And Travis Travis Hunter is probably with him. And the 200 kids that have already reached out to him will probably be going to Boulder. That's your quarterback. That's right. And 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 damn it, it should be because Colorado ain't been good in a long time either. And so for him to flip this program around in a half of a year that he's going to change it, more power to him. It just shows the impact of what one man can bring to a program and how one man can change a program and what Prime is doing. And he's changing everywhere he's going. And I think that's the more impressive uh, feat than yeah. him just staying at a place where he's bringing a lot and he's giving a lot, but it ain't giving a lot in return. Yeah. And Irish Chi-Town says, how will primetime success change how HBCU's ability, the HBCU's ability to get top recruits? He's already put in the framework. He's already set up the workout with the NFL. Well, the NFL, their teams, and their executives are coming to check out HBCU players. That's done. That's done. That continues. You have to invest, man. And as much as we love HBCUs on the academic side and the athletic side, there has been a lack of support. And forget going outside asking for others to support. There's a lack of support from the alumni, from the alumni base. We got to start at home first. The alumni have to invest and get involved. Then you have to get the local businesses involved. Then you have to bring in coaches that actually can appeal to content creators that will follow them, create a brand. Make things interesting. It's a business, man. It's just not football anymore. It's a business. And you have to treat it as such. Yes, do I feel like there is a benefit to young black men going to HBCUs? Do I feel like there's a certain love that they get there that they might not get at other institutions? Yes. That's not good enough, though. You have to invest. You have to invest. You just have to. Like that, I said. And I think it's just it's just like, you know, it's the problem with that that we have. We want to put all our problems on one person, but one person is not the reason for the problem. I think if anybody, uh, if anything, he made the problem maskable. Mm-hmm. And once the mask got took off, you start seeing the deficiencies that you're having in that league. But exactly. it ain't because of him. Exactly. <laughs> it's the it's the system itself that's promoting uh the lackluster um performances and 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 want to that that HBCUs deserve. I think they can still be a great league mm-hmm. with any coaches, but Dion is just having that hyper uh hyper factor. Right. He's gonna bring way more than what you would expect getting the number one player in the class and even the number one player in the class is not silly enough to believe that staying at Jackson State without Dion is going to help his career. Right. And like Milton fan, 
15 says all the HBC players are transferring. And then he said nothing he did is sustainable. I disagree. The content model he set up is sustainable. Eddie George can do the same thing. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do it like Prime. But he can have somebody follow him around. He can build up content for Tennessee State. He can create revenue for Tennessee State. But you have all these HBCU coaches that want to do it the way it's been done since Eddie Robinson did it. That's not going to work. The man came in and showed you how you have to change. It's very much sustainable. Here's the business model. Do it. Here it is. Do it on your level. Do it. And if you want to stay back in the <laughs> in the archaic days, then go ahead and use all the excuses that's low-hanging fruit. Exactly. So you, you have know, to invest. You have to invest. To allow the personalities that are similar to Deion Sanders that are not getting the opportunity. Dion was not given the opportunities. That's why he went to Jackson State. Here. There are plenty of other African-American coaches with plenty of charisma in the pipeline that are not getting the opportunities that if you invest in them, they will come to the HBCUs and turn things around. But you can't blame anybody else if you're not willing to support your own. You're not. If you're not willing to invest in your own and take a chance, you're going to lose. Period. Period. We get so accustomed to falling in love when it's going good. And now when it's going good, we don't want to leave. This is what ticks me off, dude. There's an independent model and then there's a big label model on music. Correct? Wait a minute. We can talk about the the the, the matter simple because people want to argue and they want to do as an independent artist, you have to put money into your product to get it played. Period. Let's the talk same about thing it. a big label does. It's no not rocket science, dude. It's no different than the Mac conference. How no. many times have we seen the Mac conference and Bowling Green be really good for two years, beat a Big Ten team, and then be trash and the worst team in the Mac for the whole rest of the time? It's because those coaches go there. They're really good coaches. They get transfers. They get, they get good for one season, a.k.a. Either Hardy went to from Notre Dame to Bowling Green. Bowling Green had an eight and three season. Thank you. And then the coach left, and Bowling Green went back to one and eleven the whole time. So it happens every time in the map. You see a bunch of teams that go up and go down, go up and go down. Why? Because the coaches that are good that are rebounding from a, a previous Power Five yeah. come into the map, build the program up for a year and a half with transfers, and then leave when they have successful seasons beating two Power Five teams. It Absolutely. happens every time in the map. Absolutely, it happens every day in the map. But y'all don't complain about that. Y'all wait till Prime, a famous guy, gets in there, brings all the rappers and brings all the fanfare and jerseys, and he makes a scene. And then when he leaves, it's no different to anybody that does it in the MAC. Right. That's why Bowling Green can't keep a good team. It's a stepping stone. It's no different. Right now, or a stepping stone. It's no different. Resources from the front office isn't supporting it, and neither is the alumni. 
alumni from Jackson State didn't start going till games till Prime and got still there. Prime got there. Speak and on still it. Prime got there. Speak on it. Speak they, on didn't, it. they didn't go to no game. Jackson State wasn't relevant until Prime got there, which is okay. No, that's not okay. That's the point. That's not okay. That's the point. It's the point. That's the point because that that's at the core of the issue. That's why they can't be the smaller independent label in comparison to the big major label. That's right. The major label puts money behind the music, just like the independent artist does. It's the same process on a smaller scale. On a smaller scale. Put money behind the product, and it will improve. When you don't want to invest in the product, you're not going to get anything back from the product, period. That's just like my school. That's just like Lakewood. It's bigger than Dion being this famous football player. Eddie George is a famous football player. I don't see Eddie George making any effort <laughs> to create content, create more buzz. Notre Dame is bringing them into Notre Dame Stadium next year. And then he comes to Jackson State, and you have the coaches in the MEAC, SWAC, hating on them. Hating on them. Hating on him. Been there for years. He's getting NFL execs to come check out your players at a showcase, and you're hating on him. Hating on him. So I see they, they want to do things their way. That's all. They want to do things their way and then complain about the love they don't get. When someone comes in and says, you don't have to be like me, but I'm going to show you the way you can do it and still bring attention. And if you don't want to put it in work and the people and the alumni of those schools don't want to invest and help build it and don't want to come to the games, if it takes some famous person to get you involved, then I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't do. You know, Chicago's a basketball town, bro. Right? Chicago's a basketball town. United Center is like 18,000, 20 at capacity. They had the high school tournament here over the weekend. It sold out. 16,000, bro. High school. High school. Because that's what this city invests in. People in Chicago will go watch grammar school for high basketball, high school. They don't care. They're invested. When you're invested in something, you go. The reason people don't show up is because they're not invested. That's it. And they showed up because they were finally invested. Not in Jackson State. They were invested in Deion Sanders. That was the issue. That was the issue. They weren't invested. They weren't invested in, D in Jackson State. They were invested Jackson in State. Deion Sanders. And that's why they're mad. They should have been invested in Jackson State the whole time. Because then they wouldn't be mad. They'd be like, all right, the who, whole we time. who we get next? Who we get next? Who we get next to, to, to fill the shoes? Y'all don't want to fill the shoes because y'all know that what y'all had, y'all can't get again. Period.
And he says, if Prime did, if what Prime did works five years from now for HBCU, you don't have to eat crow. It's not about what you're missing the point. It's not about what Prime did. Nobody can do what Prime did. He's okay. Prime. He's bringing he's bringing rappers in the beginning. Like, come on. But the formula is there. You're not going to do what Prime did. He's Prime. You don't have to be Prime, but you can do what you can do and improve things. That's right. And if you want to sit up and complain about, well, we can't do what Prime did. You're not Prime, but you can make things better and build on what he did. And to say if it doesn't work, that's an excuse. That's not on Prime. That's on HBCUs and their administration. That's on them. That's on them. They're in the rooms with ESPN now to put their games and keep their games. They're in the rooms. He put them in the room with ESPN. If they can't keep the teams on ESPN, that's on the HBCUs. He made the introduction. What else do you want them to do? What? What do you want them to do? You actually thought he was, did anybody think he was about to stay there for five years? Ooh. Jackson State didn't even think A fool thought he was going to stay there for five years? Come on, man. Stop. Stop. And to be honest, most athletic departments don't make money, especially the football program, make money for the school. There's only a, a couple, Notre Dame being one of them. Why do you think why do you think Tennessee State is playing Notre Dame? For money. They need a check. Wait, wait. They schedule is weak every year because the they money, to play them every year. Yes. The money and the relationship between Marcus Freeman and Eddie George. The two Ohio State dudes. What the HBCUs have that they never had was a relationship with the NFL and a relationship with the networks. That's the legacy he left you. And if you mess up the package, that's on you. That's it. That's on you. That's all the questions. Oh, I think we had a couple more. Let's see. No, it's different. I think that's it. We're all talked out. Anything left you want to talk about Notre Dame-wise, bro? We did two full shows today, plenty of content. Recruiting-wise, uh, Notre Dame commits had their Zoom call last night. Uh, there were two excused absences where the staff spoke to the individuals or and they were excused because they had family events. And one of the players that actually had the family event got home to catch like the last five to 10 minutes of the Zoom call. It was Chad Bowden going over all the particulars for signing day. I think they have one more Zoom call to make sure everything is in order before the 21st. Charles Jagasaw had an in-home visit. Um, Christian Gray had his visit with Mike Mickens. Charles Jagasaw pointed out that in his visit with Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman was very open about what he's doing from a roster standpoint, who might be transferring out, who might be transferring in. That's different to be talking to your recruits about what's going on. And they had an open, uh, open dialogue about 
how things are going to change next year at Notre Dame. So uh, that's that. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, uh, no, Milton, you don't have to apologize, bro. This is what we do. This is what we do. Everybody's mindset, thoughts are welcome. Like your thoughts are more than welcome. You know, I just, you know, I think both of us are pretty upset with the way people are kind of like characterizing what Deion Sanders did when it's done all the time. It's done in the Mac every year. <laughs> Reject coaches from Power Five, go to the Mac, boost it up for a year with transfer, yeah. leave. Bowling Green, 20, what, 2018. Yeah. So. I, uh, yeah. I think um, one thing we'll leave with you guys is to expect possibly, if not the next couple of days, but sometime after the bowl game, to expect some interesting names to enter into the portal from Notre Dame. Like some people that might have been starters this year um, in the secondary, linebacker, maybe even wide receiver. Maybe even wide receiver. Yeah, this, you know, everything is fluid, and I think, Marcus Freeman is not about to let things happen. He's about to be aggressive and proactive. And facilitate things. Facilitate things happening. And you have to feel really good as an Irish fan that he's recognizing that that's what needs to happen. Like, he's not about to sit and just wait for his young players to develop. He's going to go out and get some guys that can be impactful. And if they're better than the guys they have, they're going to play. They're going to play. Uh, some love for Devin, Devin Leary in the chat left. He's under six feet. I don't want him. <laughs> Cut it. We don't need him. <laughs> oh, dude. You don't, you don't want him? Don't want him. Just because of his height left? Just because of his height. I'm sick of these, these little guys. I'm a little guy. I'm sick of it. Mm. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh. That's it, man. We'll get back to you guys tomorrow for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll dig deep into some of the things Marcus Freeman said when he met with the media. Briefly talk about the matchup with Spencer Rattler and Coach Beamer in the Gamecocks of South Carolina and take all of your questions. And hopefully this transfer portal, the dominoes will start falling so things can become more clear for us heading into this bowl game. And I'm waiting for the bowl practice schedule. They're supposed to tell us when we can actually go view a practice. I think we get one practice we can view. So I'm looking forward to that. So for Malik left, Sean Davis, we bid you adieu. 
Have a great evening. But most of all, you got to make sure that you spin it different. Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, Irish Breakdown. We'll check you out tomorrow morning. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.